from zero to money. We unveil the trials and successes SaaS business founders have faced when starting their own businesses. Stay tuned to learn from the ideas that can inspire and change you. Enjoyed the show? Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss our new episodes. If you're interested in learning more about Zar's managed technology services, come visit us at zar.net. That's zsah.net. Welcome to the Jar SaaS Leadership Podcast, a show where we explore with SaaS leaders what they do to stay on top of their game and share top tips for other SaaS entrepreneurs. My name is David McQueen, and I am the host of this podcast. It's my pleasure today to welcome our guest, who is Will Reed, the CEO of Sideway6. Now, Sideway6 believe that great things happen when companies listen to their employees. Their unique approach enables them to have some of the biggest companies in the world to bring employee IDs, ideas even, to life. They've enabled over 3 million employees to have their ideas heard. And their goal is to surpass 50 million and prove that great ideas really can come from anywhere. A really noble um, goal to have. So welcome to the show, Will. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. No problem at all. As with all my guests, I said, just be as relaxed as you can. We're going to have a really good conversation just to find out what goes underneath the hood and your kind of motivation in building your actual organization. And definitely, if there's a question that you are not happy with, um, you know, I, I promise not to threaten you to answer them. You feel confident <laughs> you want to give and we're good to go. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, fantastic. So as with all my guests, uh, before we even jump into the business, the one thing that I love to ask is tell us something interesting, preferably legal, about yourself <laughs> that our listeners don't know yet. Absolutely. If we're, if we're sticking to the legal, I'll go with a, a cute story from childhood. So um, my kind of hidden first job, although I wasn't paid because that would be illegal, uh, was that I was the weather boy on our local radio station. So I used to read the weather out, uh, the weather reports. And um, it all went really well until one day they asked me on air what my favorite uh, subject at school was. And I answered maths because I've always been a bit of a geek. And uh, they took the mickey out of me and I, I told my dad I was resigning. And that was the end of my career as a weather boy. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's brilliant. Okay. So obviously having started out this business, the, we'd like to know, and the guests would obviously like to know, what was the number one thing you think that was holding you back from becoming a successful a business person when you first started out and how did you manage to overcome it? Yeah, I think it's um, constant battles, but I would say that one of the key things that I find a challenge and I think most people do uh, is imposter syndrome and, and kind of um, a little bit of self-confidence really. So on the one hand, I feel very confident about starting the business. We, I started the business through this view of kind of why this needs to happen. Why not? Why not me? Why not? us to, to make it happen and at the same time you find yourself either kind of obviously or subtly questioning yourself and and um, perhaps not being totally uh, confident that as you go on to do more and more things that you've never done before I mean everything that we've done with Sideways 6 I've never done before uh, and it's really exciting but it's also it's also nerve-wracking so I think that the number one thing would be this self-confidence thing this imposter syndrome and, and have I got past it I'm not sure but I, I've definitely um, built some some ways to learn to live with it uh, and I guess that as you go along the more you do 
the more you feel comfortable that you can do it, if that makes sense. So you build up this history of, ah, well, I didn't know how to do that thing. And then I learned to do it. So maybe this new thing that I don't know how to do, I can, I can learn about. Um, but it's a constant, a constant thing to keep in mind, a constant thing to keep working on is that imposter syndrome. Definitely. I call it the confidence muscle. I say that you yeah. want to kind of keep on flexing it and it can't afford to actually from doing that. Absolutely. It's, it's funny because now like you do talks and stuff and people say, and you hear people say, oh, I, I, could, I could never do that. I, could, I hate public speaking. I think I've never enjoyed it. <laughs> it's, it's, it, 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 it's purely that, as you say, reps of the yeah. exercise to build the muscle. It's just going on. Like for in the example of public speaking, it's, it's going into the first one, feeling yeah, yeah scared out your mind but still doing it yes, not dying yeah. and, then, and then saying hey hang on a second i'm still here <laughs> and then and then starting to, to build that muscle yeah that's interesting actually because I, when i when i'm coaching clients i always say to them you know what's the worst that can happen to you when you go to speak and they don't, mm. they go, I don't know i said well you could die and if you don't die <laughs> then you come back <laughs> go back up there and do it again um, but fantastic that's good um, so being able to overcome that as well, I think that's quite powerful. Tell us then, if you can, the best or what you would say, the best bit of business advice that you've received and, and, and definitely why you think it was the best as well. And if you've got more mm. than one now. Yeah, I mean, there's a few bits that spring to mind. I think some of the best business advice that I've got or the, best, the most useful thing I've got from mentors is that sense of why can't it be me? to do it um i've got I'm, I'm lucky to have some mentors who've done some really amazing stuff and who constantly kind of show maybe rather than tell um that anything can be possible uh, and i think that's a that's a really big thing and and the how that boils down for me is kind of everything starts with an idea everything starts with just this oh we could try that and and having building up that confidence to actually do it has been a really big learning for me. It's not not necessarily advice that was given, but um, stuff that I've picked up from from observing and, and working with some great people. In terms of good advice, it would just be that uh, success isn't a straight line. And again, that's a, it's more of a mindset thing than like an actionable tactic that you can implement. But success is not a straight line and uh, don't expect it to be. And the ups, the downs... Uh, are absolutely a part of it and you kind of celebrate those successes but don't get too tied to them and certainly don't get too tied to the the difficult times or the or the really really challenging times and, and understand that that is the journey and that's completely how it should be um and to embrace it. and then the, the third thing that springs to mind is to always start with why i think we're very much a mission-led business we understand our reason for being it's a it's a positive one, I think, and I think that really, really helps us out. I wouldn't be like to be, uh, I don't know, like I, I would find, I would struggle if I was building a business that was doing something ne negative in the world, or even doing something that was just like totally bland and 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 boring. Like I, I think that it's good advice to to start with something that you care about and something that's hopefully a net positive for the world. Mm -hmm. I love that. Definitely, the mission-led one has has hit me right in the gut because there's a lot of people <laughs> it's it's so interesting when you say that people think you're really kind of touchy-feely but that's kind of my mm. inclusive approach to how stuff can be yeah. built and i and i love the idea or i love the concept as you said the advice that you've been given around success not being a straight line 
The amount of mm. people who think they're going to go from zero to seven-figure millionaire in like seven months with no hassles. Um, it's just so actually good to know that there are people who are out there building businesses. Going. It doesn't work like they're going to be ups and downs. That's yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, it, must, it must be mission. Mission, I guess, is important to someone like yourself, right? You, yes. Your why is is really exciting. You get to coach people to mm. help them to like achieve their dreams or, or build amazing businesses and stuff like that. And I, I just think finding that why, articulating it and getting people excited about it is going to likely lead to more success, but also just um, it'll get people on board. It'll get customers on board, get employees on board. Uh, it will help you through when you're going through those troughs to, to remember what your why is. Yes, definitely. Definitely. So let's obviously focus on the fact that being this is, is a technology show, so we're going to be, get a bit geeky now. Yeah. And um, what's the best bit of technology advice you have received other than switch the monitor on? <laughs> Make sure the yeah. monitor's on. What's the best bit of technology advice you've ever received? Uh, personally, it's to use it less um so by by my nature i'm a, a total geek of kind of as soon as possible try to save up to get a computer and then use the internet to unhealthy degrees and all the rest of it so so i think right now the the best advice that i would go back to is like to just use technology sparingly and to like i've i've kind of um made structural changes in my life to use technology less so i, I kind of turn my internet off on my phone a couple of hours before I want to wind down for bed. I've blocked things I don't use kind of Instagram and Twitter and stuff anymore. Not because I'm some saint, but rather because like I feel like I'm susceptible to it. So personally it's, it's use it less. And then on the business side of things, I think um, it's to bring technology in with an intention as a geek and someone who's running a small business and someone who always has this list of like pains to solve and opportunities to, to take advantage of you can spend a long time just like browsing for technology and finding cool new widgets and cool new tech that's going to be like this silver bullet to to solve everything. Uh, and I suddenly, I always find that. And I, I, I think I read about this concept of like founder bombs where the founder will go out and find something new and shiny and like drop it into the same right department. So I might go, right, product team, I've just found this tech and we need to use it because it's going to solve all of our problems. And, and here it is. Um, but it rarely does. And so, I think business-wise, the best technology I've advice that I've received is to act with intention and to always know what the benefit might be of the technology that you're bringing in, and also to look at the the potential consequences of the technology you're bringing in. So basically, just slow down a little, uh, bring in technology can be fantastic, and we we I would say we're fairly high tech business. All of our processes are run using best in class technology, I think. But uh, perhaps you used to have this tendency to just go out find that shiny new thing and, and bring it in and now uh, i'm much more considered in in the technology that we that we do use love that love that you've made me think now because I, I i have this thing on my phone where it no one can get hold of me after 10 unless it's like yeah. my family yeah. will connect but that bit where you say i'm oh, switching it off now it's made me think do i need to make that earlier do i need to bring it like earlier to <laughs> it's all horses for courses it's like it's, it's some people just don't need that at all and like I, i've spoken about this to friends and they're just like oh, i don't really tend to use it to be honest but i know it's for for me personally if it's if the internet's on and it's there yeah. then i know that the rabbit, i'm like the rabbit hole, right yeah i've jumped down the rabbit hole i think it's yeah it's, it's it depends on you, you as a person yeah 
So, so building on those two, I, I love what you said around the, the best business advice you got from your mentors and that awareness around technology. I'm going to flip it out and I'm going to ask you um, around one of the most challenging. I'm, I, I use the word worst here. I'm going to say the, the question I ask you is what's the worst business decision you've made? But I'm going to just say what's, mm-hmm. a, what's a challenge or something that you really learned from and you thought, yeah. oh, crap, did I really do that? Uh, well, yeah, it was it was a big thing. So we maybe four years ago. So our, our, what we do is we help bring people's ideas to life in big organizations. And we're really proud of that. And we find it really exciting. And it's very mission led and, and, and people really do care about it internally. And then when we get it right, the stories are amazing. So we've helped AstraZeneca, for example, who are one of the uh, people, companies at the forefront of this COVID response. We help them to set their strategy through employee ideas. We've done all sorts of stuff. Um, but and so about three, four years ago, some of our early users said to us, hey, this, um, and, oh, sorry, the other thing to note is that we, we integrate with the tools that companies are already using. So we integrate with your Slack or your Microsoft Teams or Microsoft Yammer or whatever. Yeah. And so we had companies that were using it and getting a lot of value from it. And then they, at the time we were connected to Microsoft Yammer, which is like a Facebook internally, uh, um, an internal Facebook that companies can use from Microsoft. And we had companies using us to, to listen to ideas on Microsoft Yammer and they said, Actually, this is quite cool because um, we can do, we can use the software that you built to uh, automate comments onto those ideas, and we can use it to just automate comments more generally into Yammer. Or they yeah. went, oh, we can use the software that you built to analyze employee ideas initiatives, and we can just use it to analyze Yammer threads. Mm. And and we kind of said, yeah, I suppose you can. And we we went down that path of building that kind of technology for a little bit because we said yes to those clients. We never wanted to, we, we, we never thought, but we got kind of excited about saying yes to those clients using us. And we went way too broad um, and we were trying to solve way too many problems for way too many people. And it led us away from our original mission. And, and we spent kind of nine, 12 months doing that until I had to pull the plug and say, no, look, let's refocus on what we care about, which is employee ideas. Let's not go down this route of, it was almost like community management for enterprise social networks. And um, so, yeah, so that was the biggest, costliest decision. It was costly in terms of resource. It was costly in terms of customers. It was probably costly in terms of sales as our message got diluted. And it was costly in terms of internal integrity really because we had always said as i've mentioned a couple of times that we cared about our mission and then we did stuff that was not aligned with it definitely i think that's a running thing with a lot of people that i've spoken to about being really focused and making sure mm-hmm. that you don't lose sight of again what you said at the beginning around your mission and mm-hmm. uh, and, and staying focused on what's really important so is that is that in any way or is it separate to what you think was one of the worst technology decisions you've made for the business as well that's the worst decision we've made with regards to our technology, for sure. If it's yeah. around working with others' technology, I think there's no, there's not been anything that's been like catastrophic or or really big. But I would I would say that it's just lots of unnecessary technology decisions when there's no real decision to make. So bringing in this new project management software and that new uh expenses software and this new time tracking software and just a little bit of fatigue from trying to get people to use too many different things now we have some some simple rules it's got to solve a problem we've got to like kind of feel that problem for a little while it's got to integrate with the stuff that we're already using so that we're not asking our employees to go and use something new and yeah it's got to be like a quantifiable benefit because there are 
millions of pieces of technology we could use and it's it almost feels like you're progressing to just go away and bring stuff in and, and like play around with it when actually it's not moving you any forward any any further forwards to your to your goals and therefore uh, I, I don't think we should be doing it so yeah there's nothing huge and catastrophic that jumps out when you ask that question around the worst technology decision that, that we've made uh but i would say we've made a few pretty poor ones and, and it's usually bringing in stuff that we isn't actually highest priority yeah uh, so, so a little bit of a background as to why I love asking this question as well as I used to, one of my, my former career life before I did this was in project management. Oh, yeah. And, and I always wanted to know, you know, why do you need to have this and how is it actually helping your work? Mm. And does it integrate? And so it's always interesting to see how other businesses develop a kind of model around choosing that and making sure that it makes you as efficient as possible. So that's, that's, that's a good learning, definitely a good learning. Mm-hmm. So what's working for you right now in terms of your sales and marketing? Obviously, without you revealing your secret sauce, <laughs> but stuff around whether it's around storytelling on video, social media, yep. email marketing, whatever. What is it? What's kind of working for you? Yeah, um, so I, think, I think two things jump to mind is is we try and be, be pretty different to the others in our category. Um, we are in a space called idea management. I would say that most of our competitors look exactly the same when you go on their websites. Um, and when you look at their brand and you see their messaging and, uh, it's, it's all very similar and we try and be different. So we try and when everyone's going left, we go right. Um, when all of our competitors are running webinars on the future of innovation and how you can use blockchain to move your business forwards, we put out a, video featuring 20 dogs that we hired uh, to, as animal actors to promote our new um, our new Microsoft Teams integration. Um, when people are going kind of really high budget, we will just get 20 people in a room to talk through the problems that our, that our clients are having and have them learn from each other. So we, we try and be a little different in the market. Um, and I think that helps us out. But I, I think what that does do though as well is it, it turns some people off and we just have to be, we have to accept that and we have to be okay with the concept of turning some people off because to make something that really appeals to some people, you will, you will also have the other, the other side of it, the kind of Marmite effect. And then the second thing at the moment, that really helps us is, is educating. So we, having taken that, having decided to be a little different, we, we also in our product, our service, our delivery, we take a stance. So we decide this is what we believe. This is what we think. This is where we, where we stand. Uh, and we try to educate on that. Um, and we try to become the experts in, in, in what it is that we're doing. And we try to provide content and advice and events and experiences, which are educational around that stance that we take and that thing that we believe in. Okay. Love that. Love that. So there's nice, nice bit of different experiences, but also the education piece as well. Mm. Okay. So as, as with all these businesses and um, again, having worked and, and coaching people in, in this space, whether it's around pitching to clients or pitching for funding, I know a lot of people are really, um, um, focused on the metrics that they have to show that sure that the company is going in the right direction so whatever they are i don't mind what they are what are the top three metrics that you use um at sideways six to to keep a pulse in terms of the way the yep. companies go 
but risk of at risk of sounding like a broken record if our mission is to bring ideas to life then yeah. the number one thing we should be tracking if we're going to be genuinely mission focused business is how many ideas are brought to life so the first metric is are we achieving what we're setting out to achieve and so yeah. the first metric that we track is ideas brought to life and and that obviously would vary business to business uh and and, and the other thing there is that you can't we can't control everything involved in bringing an idea to life it's quite a fun, ex- fun exercise to see how much of it we can control and what we can control through advice and products and services and, and, and whatever else. So um, to draw an analogy, it might be if you were building CRM software, then actually your ultimate, your ultimate metric might be how many sales do my customers make, yeah. despite the fact that you can't influence everything mm. in, in that. Um, yeah. That is what your customers want. If you can help it, or it might be if you if you build like some hiring software, it might be how many successful hires do your customers make. But for us, it's bringing ideas to life. The second thing is that we're all about our people, so employee MPS, how happy are our are our people? Um, and then the third thing is that we we want to grow this business and we want to be around for a long time, and that means uh, good fit revenue. So we have a, a revenue metric in there as well. And the top three things that I would I would look to are: are we hitting our mission? Number of ideas brought to life. Are we, do we have happy and engaged people, employee MPS, and are we able to be around for the long term? And, and that's where the revenue metric comes in. Fabulous, fabulous. And so here's, here's where I, I ask you, like I ask everybody else to, to dip into your, um, your crystal ball, where, yep. where you become that medium and you tell me in the industry around idea management or even, you know, specifically just around the stuff that you do in CRM, or where do you think the industry is going? And, you know, and even if it, for, for good or for bad, um, over the next few years, what do you think um, are the things that will be quite exciting or or even maybe a distraction in terms of the mm. industry over the years? Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, so the number one thing that I think will, will happen is we will see idea management providers focus on the user experience. I think until now, they've focused on the experience for the people buying the software. And when you do that, you end up with a feature checklist where every feature is, is checked off. Does it have the ability to do X, Y, Z? Yes, yes, yes. Um, but you don't focus on, well, actually, how does this feel for the employee who's putting that idea forwards? How engaged do they feel? Is this a chore for them? And I think naturally the conclusion there is to make it as easy as possible for the employee to get involved. And that's where we see our integrated approach as, as really, as really key. Um, I think the second thing that you'll see is, Artificial intelligence and machine learning um, becoming more and more prevalent. Some of that I think will be useful. Some of it will be a total marketing gimmick. Uh, that's how we see it at the moment. There's some stuff that's that's genuinely useful. There's some stuff that's complete kind of vaporware. It's just marketing messages from uh, from providers, which doesn't turn out to be particularly true. And then some of it is true, but not not massively not massively useful. So uh, we are the people in the industry. We are looking into how we leverage. Um, AI and ML to help you bring ideas to life. But to go back to some of the other stuff that we've been talking about, we need to start with why. We need to make sure that it's actually useful before we uh, before we implement it. And then I think that we will see employee ideas used for everything. So uh, it's not just about innovation. Uh, it's not just around new products, new services. It's, it's anywhere that employees um, are knowledgeable about a subject, passionate about a subject, and, and may be able to help solve a business challenge. Uh, and that means you can turn employee ideas to things like sustainability, to customer experience, to 
cost saving to revenue increasing to absolutely anything. Obviously, there are there are individuals who can go away and see what Sideways Six does online and what have yep. you. But this insight as to kind of what's happening behind the scenes, what would be your top three tips for building a successful SaaS company? Well, my number number one would be people are everything. It's tried. It's it's uh, everyone says it, but it's a truism. Um, and and people being your employees and your customers and and those those people as human beings rather than as kind of logos or numbers on a screen or, or whatever else and number two is that SaaS is different but it's not that different to other businesses and i think oftentimes we look for what's the SaaS answer to this um when actually uh, you can look to other inspiration maybe kind of more timeless inspiration to to solve um some of your some of your challenges and then number three would just be to to do it your own way um so stand on the shoulders of giants but kind of try new things don't just look for look for the advice don't just look for the tried and tested ways of of building these companies okay fantastic so i love that people are everything run a business first don't just focus it on just being sass and and getting caught by um by the shiny stuff but also don't be afraid to try new things that's fabulous um well that's Fantastic. Well, I really um, appreciate that insight. I think as all as with all these conversations, it's really good to see the thinking behind how your organization is developed and the impact that you want to. I think for me, the ones that have really stood out has been around that emphasis around mission and people, um, but being consciously aware of what your strengths and weaknesses are uh, as well. So I really appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, I've loved it. Yeah, thank you very much. Definitely. And I, and, and I look forward to um, our our listeners really benefiting from the, the little gems of wisdom that you shared today. So thank you again. Thank you. Sir. Thank you.